from our respective apartments. It's just meaningful plastic. Here are your hosts and judges, Katie Clay and Narver, and Chris Stockham Goodman. Chris, welcome back to Just Meaningful Plastic, a Dancing with the Stars retrospective podcast. Can you even believe season two, episode one, we are in it. I want you to give me a two-word explanation on all of your thoughts and feelings on this premiere episode spray tans I couldn't have said it better myself if I tried I think mine might be fringe filled maybe so much fringe too too much fringe never this might set us on a horrible tangent before we have even started discussing this winter 2006 season but katie if you were to choose the best kind of costume for dancing with the stars do you want a fringe costume or do you want a sequin costume oh it would depend on the style of my dance i think if i am doing a cha-cha or something latin inspired i want fringe if I am doing any other style of dance, I think I would prefer sequined over fringe. But to really highlight how my body is moving, I want fringe. I would watch fringe. I would watch you dance in fringe any day. Oh is, boy. Is that the best compliment you've ever received or the worst? <laughs> the best. The absolute best. I think that now on my first date, my opening question will be. How excited are you to watch me dance in Fringe? <laughs> when you get married, if your first dance does not lead to ripping off your wedding dress to reveal <laughs> a Fringe mini skirt underneath, then what? why did you get married? So I can dance to I've had the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just imagine... A fringe costume would work perfect for that song. You get the slow, beautiful opening, you're doing a nice thing, and then rip that white dress off and you have just all fringe. Absolutely. Uh, fringe miniskirt or fringe pants? Oh, miniskirt. Miniskirt. For I'd have the time of my life, good choice. Yeah. Otherwise, I might be a fringe pants person. Hot take. I don't think I like the fringe pants quite as much as you do. Unfortunately, we have no fringe pants to talk about in this episode, but if we did... Oh boy. You'd get a full hour just on that. Dancing with the Stars' the second season premiered in January of 2006. Everything's the same. The set's the same. Tom is the same. The judge is the same. But we do have... Samantha Harris making her first appearance in the ballroom. Welcome to her. Fun watching her. I'll have thoughts about her in a bit. But we are going to talk about each of the contestants just from the premiere episode. Uh, only the premiere today because we have a lot to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, there are 10 contestants ready to dance and we will talk about them in running order except for the first one to fall, which we'll get to. Chris, we start off the premiere episode of season two with our dear, 
dear friend, a familiar face, our animalistic Avita. Oh, Avita Slewinskwa. <laughs> love her. Love her so much. I, okay, so our first contestant that we see is actor George Hamilton. Um, yep, that's my thoughts on his acting career. I love the fact that he says he is probably best known for his perpetual tan. I love that they get that out of the way right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's, is it good to be self-aware in that aspect? It's good to be self-aware in the ballroom, mm-hmm. so absolutely. So it's, it's George and Edita. Um, Edita gets to introduce herself for the second time, and she sticks with our buzzwords that we loved from the premiere of season one. She describes herself as animalistic, and I just, I love that so much. I love that so much. She wears leg warmers in their video package while they're rehearsing, and I got so excited. She also comes out in this silver dress for the dance that is, like, exceedingly low-cut. I mean, she is she is doing everything yes. that we love about her with just no pretense, with no fear. She just, she is committed to who she is, and I love it. I love her. I absolutely agree. So in the premiere episode, we are either doing a cha-cha or we are doing a waltz. The men have the cha-chas, the women have the waltzes. Um, so he starts off and he's standing alone and he's drinking out of his empty martini glass. And I got so excited because I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first prop that we've seen in dancing with the stars and then I realized no this is not because Joey definitely started a dance with money last season and I don't think I put together that that was our first prop of dancing with the stars these props are so understated <laughs> early on I did love that he just throws the martini glass after a few yes. seconds um I thought his dance was fine I don't think he did a lot um and I think that he did what mm-hmm. I he did his limited movements well but it was very edita heavy yes to me I was surprised you go with him as mm-hmm. the first dance of the season especially considering that cha-cha it was sedate he didn't necessarily do a lot of movement but He's also 66 here. So he does it well mm-hmm. for a 66-year-old. But it's a 66-year-old yes. dancing a cha-cha. He also, in a weird way, he's obviously older than John O'Hurley. But he does bring a certain suave, sophisticated cheekiness to the proceedings that in some ways made me appreciate John even more to see how much he did, but it was fun to still see this tone through I also George. thought it was strange. Not strange. I don't know what... I thought it was an interesting choice to put George first. 
And then as the package was going and afterwards when he, you know, he gets his scores and he says, oh, senior citizens, make sure you call in. Um, you can definitely see that this is a John O'Hurley-esque contestant. And I, I think that is George's mm -hmm. personality. I think that's his star persona. And maybe that's why they put him first, because you could see a connection between mm -hmm. season one and season two through George Hamilton. Um, so he gets a score of 18. Um, he gets a seven, a five, and a six from our three judges. And of course, he gets those scores from our picture of cranky British sophistication, Mr. Shyness, and the lovely but unpredictable Carrie Anne. Those descriptions from Tom of our judging panel had me <laughs> on the floor. I was surprised that Len was dubbed cranky in this season. I know he, he wasn't necessarily super cranky in season one. I think the bit is probably that he's old and can sound very severe isn't the word, but he just sounds mm -hmm. British and particular. Therefore, it I must be cranky. I am going to say something bold. <laughs> if you are looking just at season one, I think Bruno is crankier than Len. <laughs> I think Carrie Ann was cr crankier than Len. Not wrong. Like, truly, Len was British, but he wasn't necessarily, like, cranky. In fact, he was probably the most encouraging of all the judges in season one. And even in the season two premiere, he tended yes. to be the most yes, encouraging absolutely. of them all. I 100% agree with you. But he just sounds <laughs> crankier than the others. Oh, Len, if only you had grew up in America. <laughs> And we would like you so much more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some of us already love him more than they <laughs> wish to describe. We must also make a very important announcement at this moment. Samantha gets the chance to ask her first question of Dancing with the Stars. Katie, do you know what her first question was? No, I didn't write it down. How are you feeling? <laughs> insert, insert clip of Lady Gaga. <laughs> never been done before. Never the same. Incredible. Fantastic. <laughs> completely original. Like, I, I know we have joked in the past that Brooke... Burke Chauvet, the next co-host, years from season two, um, asked that question a lot and got flack for that question. But I love the fact that that is Samantha's very first. Now we move on to, after George, we have Lisa Renner. Renner, we have, we have television host, actress, and I believe there was one other thing that they used to describe her, but I don't remember exactly what it was. Do you remember? Wife to Harry Hamlin, her husband, <laughs> Harry Hamlin. Um, this is before she is. God, I don't. I don't know what 
she is most known for. I would say in my world, <laughs> at at this at this moment, it is very important to note that Katie's cat is literally trying to attack her microphone. Has been for like five minutes. It's probably going to continue, and we're just going to roll with it. Going fam. to roll with it. Um, do you think Lisa Rinna is more known for, um? <laughs> <laughs> more known for the real housewives or more known for um soap operas now she is probably better known as a housewife mm-hmm. but even her housewife persona is she is known as being a former soap opera actress yes as somebody who doesn't watch the housewives that is my perception at least mm-hmm. So obviously you are you are our resident housewife expert. What did you think of Lisa's first appearance here on Dancing with the Stars? I was excited for it. I think that she was a little bit more muted than her personality is on Real Housewives, but it makes sense because you're not here to to stir up some crap and to there's a lot I could say there. Um, it worked well for this show. It was not the Lisa Rinna that I know, but it worked well for this show. What you're saying is, you're just glad that Denise Richards isn't on this season of Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> bravo, bravo, effing bravo, okay? <laughs> Chris, and you probably don't know what that means, but that is a Denise Richards direct quote. Um, it was very interesting to watch Lisa talk about Louie and to say that she feels like they are the same person. I thought it was very endearing to see how much Louie really wants the win this season and to hear him talk about how he was disappointed to be first eliminated last season. So um, I thought they had a good package and I think that they seem to really enjoy each other. I remembered watching this. I remembered the first time I watched through the dances of this season and I forgot how much I enjoy Lisa Rinna on this show. Mm-hmm. Her first dance, her waltz to You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman was so lovely. I loved it. I loved their dance. It was not a perfect dance. She was nervous and had a couple awkward motions, I think, through that nervousness. Yes. But I thought it was so lovely. It was a very good waltz. I almost felt like they did too many tricks. I feel like I wanted to see them in hold a little bit more for their waltz, but it was Fair. beautiful. It was fluid. Um, and then Len said that in hold, sometimes she lost posture. So maybe it was better that they weren't in hold as much as they were, but I, it was a very good dance. It really just had a lot of potential to me that you could mm-hmm. see where she can be very good. Mm-hmm. I've only seen Lisa Rinna in one show, maybe, and she's only in a few episodes of Veronica Mars. But just with that and Dancing with the Stars, I just really enjoy her. And this fir- watch- this premiere of her is real good. Do you watch New Girl? No, I've never seen it. 
Okay, she has a very, I mean, she's in one episode, but she shows up in New Girl, and it's delightful every time I scream a little bit. Does she appear with her husband, Harry Hamlin? No, she does not. For what it's worth, Harry Hamlin plays her husband in Veronica Mars. Oh my god. Well, did you know that she did Chicago with Harry Hamlin? Yeah. She did that, I think, a year after Dancing with the Stars. Okay. I wondered which came first, Chicago or Dancing with Mm -hmm. the Stars. Um, She's definitely not the last alumnus to do Chicago from Dancing with the Stars. Uh, John O'Hurley was in Chicago at one point. Oh, was he? And of course, Erica Jane appeared in Chicago. Yes. Speaking of Harry Hamlin, her husband, Harry Hamlin... Was it him that provides the really loud boo while Bruno is speaking? Probably. I don't think they had a camera on him, but I would not be shocked if it was not him. Any other thoughts? I liked it. I'm excited to see them. I hope she sticks around for a while because I definitely do think she has good potential. I forget that you don't know a lot about this season because here I am talking about oh the first time I watched it and blah 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 so I will refrain from expectation spoilers and gentle listener we will make sure to only spoil you on what we say we will spoil from the winter of 2006. (laughs) What I thought was an odd choice is that after two dances they add in the segment the pre-recorded segment of what judges are looking for why i thought it was so such a weird placement i actually liked that because you don't want to do that first because they wanted to launch right in with a star with a performance and at that point it would be weird to say after one person, okay, here's what we're looking for. So doing that after Len had the chance to already explain, here's what we expect, we score, we see, then do it, it made sense to me. It's not perfect, it's not the most elegant, but it's the best decision given that you want to start with excitement. I suppose I can accept that. Yet they still decided the excitement was... 66-year-old George Hamilton doing a cha-cha. <laughs> so then after Lisa, we have Kenny Maine and his partner. Andrea Hale. Yes. I was looking at my note and I was like, is it Andrea? No, it was Andrea. I specifically wrote that down because this is her only appearance on Dancing with the Stars. And I mean that very literally, her only appearance. <laughs> But we're going to put a pin in Kenny Maine. R.I.P. R.I.P. in peace, Kenny. (laughs) We are going to move on to a bad boy of ballroom dancing. That's how he describes himself. A bad boy of ballroom dancing. Stacey Keebler and her partner, Tony Devalani. Tony as a bad boy is just ridiculous <laughs> i get that he comes from that that grouping that has the Shimerkovskis that mm-hmm. eventually includes karina that mm-hmm. uh, they are the 
quote-unquote rebel children of the ballroom. But Tony, Tony with his gleaming white teeth, Tony with that grin, the bad boy. No, it doesn't fit. And it's self, it's so funny knowing my perception of Tony as just the sweet, wonderful man who, you know, gets the contestants that he historically gets and how well he is able to take care of them. And so to hear him in his premiere be like, I'm a bad boy of the ballroom is just like, okay, Tony, sure you are. And he is paired with a WWE diva. So, you know, that bad boy persona really going to get a workout this time. <laughs> um, I did text my brother, who is a WWE fan, and I said, do we like Stacey Keebler? And he said, yeah, she's good people. Um, so I, I really enjoyed her in the package. I thought that she was sweet. Um, and I, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed her. You know what I enjoyed from Stacey Keebler? Her 42-inch legs. <laughs> Well, we know how you feel about legs, Chris. <laughs> legs for weeks. <laughs> and oh boy, did they use them in her waltz. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the dress that she wore. At first, I didn't know how I felt about the color blocking because she wore a dress that was black on one side, hot pink on the other side. It was like a, a tie around her neck and then it, it covered her upper portion of her body <laughs> and then it was cut out in the torso and then you know draped down obviously to cover her legs and her torso was completely exposed but then she had these um cut out sleeves that had draping and I really liked her I really enjoyed that hearing you describe whatever this dress was delightful i have no idea how you were able to describe that it is a monstrosity that somehow works because <laughs> it's like all hot pink on the bottom but inexplicably the the black half Walking. on the top and i will say i hated the the black cutout sleeve because it did not stand out when she was moving her arms the cutout part it should have been pink it should have been pink Okay, I I agree with that. Because to me, that. I would always see one of her arms because it's pink. And mm -hmm. then she like does any sort of swoop or any sort of movement with that arm that's in black and it just gets lost in the crowd. Mm -hmm. I liked the dance. It was a very slow dance for a waltz. It was not, not that waltzes are upbeat by any means, but it was a very slow dance. I didn't necessarily get that. I thought it was, she was gliding. I thought the dance was taking full uh, advantage of her, her lines, her extensions. Did I mention her legs? It was so good. Honestly, I loved most of, if not all of the waltzes from this premiere. Mm-hmm. They were so good. Her waltz, I loved it. I thought I loved Lisa's dance, and then this one came on, and I was like, I love this one. 
Someone who did not love this one. You're a master of segues. Had Judge Len Goodman, who said it was more like the Cirque du Soleil than a waltz. And I did not agree with that at all. I don't understand how it was Cirque du Soleil at all. Me neither. I mean, there was one big long leg extension. Mm -hmm. There was one like twirl where Tony was like picking her up and her feet didn't leave the floor, but were close. But those were the only two like major tricks I saw. I would agree. There was not, there was nothing outrageous and nothing that we hadn't seen before. I don't think like, Yes, people have been on one leg or on two legs and been spun around and like we've we've done that. We've been there and we've done that. So we, why is this? We've had dangerous moves in the yes. past. We have had a one leg hang in the past, Len Goodman. <laughs> but at least this gave a chance for the bad boy to fire back at Len. How did how what was your take on that? It felt very similar to Ashley Del Grosso from season one saying there's a difference in styles. And I guess Len just doesn't know one of the styles. It didn't feel in line with the Tony that I know. But if you're a bad boy of the ballroom, I guess it works. You Um, gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. I don't know that I would insult the judge right before he gives me my score, personally. Um, Because they score 22. They get an 8, a 6, and an 8. And when Len revealed his 6, I liked to think in my head that he had a 7. That when Tony made his comment, he threw down angrily and grabbed the (laughs) 6. It was a a petty 6. I would love a petty 6. I would love that to be just a score that people give now a jaunty seven a petty six (laughs) it did score higher than lisa's waltz though which i don't know if we said the score of it was a 19 577 carrie ann gave it a five which woof yeah but this isn't time for lisa so Get out of here. What's a Lisa Rinna quote that's in, that would be good to say to get away? Own it. Own it. And don't own this section about Stacey Keebler. <laughs> After Stacey, we move on to someone I was very excited to be introduced to. We have Drew Lachey and his partner, Cheryl Burke. Which one were you excited to be introduced to? Drew Lachey, of course. <laughs> okay, I know that's that's a bit, but oh boy, I forgot how good Drew Lachey is. I was so excited to see him. Oh no, he, oh no. His, his, his personality felt a little flat to me. Are we about to fight? I am... I am floored, I am gooped, I am snatched, I am, I don't know what the hip kids say. I am shocked by that, Katie. I loved him. 
I liked him. I'm not saying I disliked him. I am not saying that at all. I just felt like his personality was a little flat in this episode. And I think it is a bold move. (laughs) Maybe there's just something inside of me that just doesn't like (laughs) the winners of the show. I don't know. I don't know. The way that he comes out and he's like, oh, there won't be a dance-off. There will be, like, I will clearly be the winner of you know, season two of Dancing with the Stars. And I was like, eh, bold to stay on your your first package. I don't know. I found him just very natural and charming. And I was thinking about him in comparison to Joey McIntyre, the boy bander of season one. And I quickly soured on him. And there was just something more, I don't know, pleasant in Drew Lachey that it felt less in your face uh, yeah in your face aggressive maybe Mm -hmm. so I was into it I was here for Drew Mm -hmm. also spoiler alert in case you don't know who wins season two Katie might have just revealed it (laughs) whoops I liked Cheryl as a perfectionist. I like how they talked about that it's a bickering process that they go through because that's Cheryl. That is like exactly how I think of Cheryl. And so it was fun to, it's it's just fun to see how our pros have grown, but at their core are still the same people. And I think that almost hits the nail on the head of why they work so well and why I came away loving drew in this episode as much as i did because cheryl comes out and is immediately a taskmaster is immediately sort of snipey bickery take charge and he is very complimentary to that he doesn't go super aggressive to go with her he goes with the flow will punch back a little bit but lets her be the one in charge And I think that translates to the way they dance. Cheryl moves not aggressively, but she moves with such force and determination. And he was a little softer in his movements, but it complemented so well. I loved their dance. I think he performed the absolute crap out of their dance. I think he crushed it. Like, I thought he did so good in their performance yeah it was a great dance he was impeccable for a premiere dance i think he was impeccable the way he moved there was like i don't know if staccato is quite the right word but there were a lot of like staccato movements that were very quick and he he was so good he was so good yeah their cha-cha to she bangs which how very 2006 of them but even the way he moved his arms felt like a natural Latin dance. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun to watch him. And is it weird to say that at a 24, it might have been underscored? Honestly, yes. Honestly, I do agree with that because, be, like, he went out there and he performed the heck out of it. And I found little fault with what he did not that it was a perfect dance i'm not saying it deserved 30s but like eights felt low eights felt underscored Mm -hmm. 
before we move on, Chris says, I was once a film major corner. <laughs> um, this dance in particular, but throughout the episode, the producers seem to be trying a lot of different shots, some different editing things in the live show. I mean, we got a few tilted Dutch angles at times. We had some crane things, things that I didn't really notice from season one. That said, we had more camera people seen in this episode than the whole of season one. We had a couple weird cutaway things. Not a perfect episode from a production standpoint. I would agree. You are, you are not wrong. At least they were trying something new. They just did not execute. I give it a six. <laughs> I give it six. I give it a very petty six. Oh man. The laughs we share. <laughs> so after Drew, we move on to Tia and Max. Tia Carrere. Am I still am I still pronouncing it incorrectly? I don't know. I have no I Sure. I even wrote things down because I could not remember how to pronounce her name correctly last time. Still can't decipher what I wrote for myself. Tia and Max. Chris, what were your thoughts on Tia and Max? Excuse me, don't you mean Maxim? I can't call him that. I can't in good faith call him that. The bad boy of the ballroom is right here and he's like, I'm Maxim and I'm all like classy and elegant and it's like max you are a dick own it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you're not you are correct in that absolutely it was an interesting moment where she said that i, I don't know if she said he's lucky or if she just said that she takes to tough love well and i question how much the two of them enjoy each other i didn't necessarily get the same sense i think she talked a lot about how she recently gave birth mm -hmm. she is kind of going through a sort of different time in her life obviously than uh when she started out as a model sex symbol and i think to me it seemed like she was willing to put in the work to handle what he was giving her. I don't know how much he knew the persona he wanted to go with. Maybe that's why we got a very buttoned up Max, buttoned up Maxim in this episode. And maybe it just feels very put on and maybe that's what she's reacting to. I don't know. Well, I just... Not that I sensed that there was any tension or anything like that, but just when she said, like, she takes to tough love well, it, it, it was just an interesting way to phrase that. And so I was like, okay, that's, you know, I'm kind of, my, my antenna is up a little bit. I'm picking up on a few things. And then when they were dancing, they seemed to lack chemistry. And I liked their dance a lot, but I wasn't getting good chemistry between the two of them. I think it's hard to have a lot of chemistry when your song is What a Wonderful World. It's not really a, hey, we're in love waltz 
mm-hmm. in ways that the other women got dances like that. So I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm not willing to call it a trend or a problem for them yet. But their dance was nice. I think that it was not my favorite waltz, um, but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the move where I think her head was either on his shoulder or on his chest and they had their hands, their arms were like straight down. So it was very much so like framing Mm -hmm. this intimacy between them as they did like the last maybe five, 10 seconds of their dance. And I really liked that. I thought that was a beautiful move. I thought a lot of it was really beautiful. I thought she moved really elegantly and the few times where she lost that a little bit or it didn't quite work stuck out because of that because it was so elegant much of the time that when she didn't it was just a sore thumb Mm -hmm. but again she's somebody who i think shows a lot of potential and they dressed her very well in that green dress she looked stunning for having a child so recently she looked great and they dressed her very classily for that the costuming in this episode in general, I thought was really flattering to everybody, was really aware of ages, was aware of body shapes, made everybody look really good, and I think hopefully allowed them a certain modicum of confidence, because nobody was in an outfit where I thought, what was the costumer thinking, which might have happened once or twice in the history of Dancing with the Stars. Mm -hmm. uh, So for their waltz, they did score a 20, 6-7-7. Probably about right. Yeah, I agreed with it. I didn't didn't feel it was under or or overscored, so I was okay with it. The only thing I wished is that maybe it had the same score as Lisa's, whether that means Lisa gets bumped up a point or Tia goes down. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to fault him for that. No. It's time. Time for time for what, Chris? It's pee time. <laughs> P. Miller? P. Miller time? That's a much better joke than mine. P. Miller time? <laughs> it was right there on the table. I went blue. You went classier. <laughs> feels, feels right. The master of the ballroom is here, Master P. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with talking about Ashley. <laughs> I have a... So you so you loved this, right? Because I have thoughts that I think are gonna surprise you, and so I want to start with Ashley. And so I feel like we got a very different Ashley on this season. I don't know if that was some of the things that they showed. I don't know if they were filmed from the get-go or if they were filmed after she got her new partner. But she talks about how she is compassionate and caring. And she says, you know, I was this this little girl from Utah, grew up on TV. And so I think that maybe she didn't like the way that she was portrayed in the first season. Or I don't know if maybe something happened in between season one and season two. But I thought it was interesting that we were getting such a almost like she was defending herself and I didn't walk away feeling like she needed to defend herself. Interesting. 
I think she definitely came off in the first episode of the show. It was a lot about, oh, she was fangirling over this boy band guy, mm-hmm. which made her seem very young. They have an episode shortly thereafter where Joey's like, I got to teach her how to perform because she doesn't know. And then, of course, they have their certain tensions. They have a fight. I think if you're Ashley, you don't necessarily feel like you were the leader of that partnership and you didn't help Joey grow to the point you wished he had. So maybe that's what she's trying to do is thinking... I need to grow as a leader, grow as a teacher. Maybe, maybe. That's a very good point. I had not thought about it from that angle. Before we talk about her partner, we will give a little bit of background knowledge in case you haven't watched this recently or don't recall. Ashley was supposed to be partnered with Romeo. He had moved beyond Lil by that point. He was just Romeo. But due to an injury he had to withdraw from the competition and with about one week before the premiere, master P Miller stepped in to replace his son. I was shocked by how little they really talked about that or talked about They barely said anything about the replacement. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they said it the one time that it was a week and mm, I'm going to put a pin on my, I'm going to put a pin on that thought. Yes. But it, we didn't even see, we didn't see Romeo at all. No. Which surprised me. Mm-hmm. I think in order to maybe better serve Ashley, you show the Romeo part. Mm-hmm. You show whatever growth he had made. And then you bring in and you talk more through her lens of I have a week to get this person into shape he has not attended one rehearsal and now I have a week before the live show Mm -hmm. I think that absolutely would have served her and Master P much better than what they were given in the episode because Mm -hmm. their package was primarily the same sort of introduction to him that all the other contestants got Mm-hmm. And his journey on the show has already started incredibly differently than everybody else's. Mm-hmm. So I wish we had seen that. We didn't. And it's a shame. But I left just feeling like Ashley is a saint. Absolutely. Absolutely, I did too. She's she's great in the package, whether or not it was recorded before Master P or not. Um She's great with Master P. She's great in the dance. She's great during the live show. She is a saint. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's time. I suppose it's P. Miller time. How much hemming and hawing can we do? Do you think... Okay, I just want to start with like one question. Do you think he wanted to be there? He's just doing it for the victims of Hurricane Katrina. He's doing it to show people that they can get out of the hood and do something else. And he's going to say that every time he's asked any question close to what you just asked. So should we jump into the dance? (laughs) What? 
Answer your own question. No, I don't think he wanted to be there. Um, but it's been one week. That's that's the point exactly. He is clearly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. This is clearly not something he would have agreed to in a regular situation. And he has had no time to buy in. So it's basically a perfect storm. Exactly. He's only ha- he's only had one week. Mm-hmm. Something he is uncomfortable doing. Something he doesn't even necessarily want to do. How do you expect to be there in a week and they don't have time to build up that relationship because you can Mm -hmm. tell that that there is no connection there is no relationship this is a relative stranger yeah you might have spent you know eight hours with her a day for the last week but like that's not enough to build up the rapport that you need to get out of your own head and go out there and perform the way that you need to perform Mm -hmm. Because he's, dare I say, funny and engaging in the package. But then in rehearsal footage, with the live show, everything, it's not there in the way that his talking head is. Because I did not... You have to take the dance for what it was. It Mm -hmm. was a one-week put-together. Whatever you want to say, it was a one-week jump into this and so the dance itself was not good yes but it wasn't as horrible as I thought it could have been if that makes sense because you have to take it for one week of doing this and he it appears does not have dance experience and I think that is a very safe assumption (laughs) you know he he didn't seem to forget the routine And I think you call that a win. And Mm -hmm. maybe that's me being condescending to say like, oh, congrats, you were able to make it through your routine without forgetting it. But like the fact that he didn't miss a step was kind of good for a week's worth of rehearsals and things like, I I don't know. I just, it, it was, it warranted the score that it got because he was not into the dance. He was not performing he was going out there and he was going through the motions and he was making sure that he didn't miss a step. And so I didn't hate it and I didn't hate him and I felt sorry for him. I am right there with you. I think you can't really fault him for not having the style, for not having the Latin flair we'd expect from a cha-cha because he had a week. He got the basic steps. He, like you said, didn't miss a move. And certainly Ashley choreographed certain things where she did a lot of dancing around him and doing some different things to distract from the fact that he wasn't particularly dancing. But they had a week of who knows how much time he had to give in that week to rehearse. For for the situation, it was about as good as you could have expected especially considering he was uncomfortable, that he wasn't necessarily in it, in his head. So I I can't fault him this week. I can't fault him this week. Oh no. I'm sorry to start spoiling things, but I cannot fault him this week. Okay, okay. Um, 
I'm picking up what you're putting down. I do have to say about their dance. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely iconic. Ashley doing a body roll off of a perfectly stationary masterpiece. I paused, I rewound, and I watched it three times because it was definitely supposed to be a tandem body roll. And oh boy, it was not. And not just a perfectly stationary Master P, a Master P with, like, hat covering a decent part of his face, uh, an outfit that was maybe a little baggy for the ballroom, but clearly in his style, and might have had his shoulders hunched forward a little bit. <laughs> just, like you said, iconic. Yes. I did appreciate the judges were as good to him as they sort of could be maybe not so much bruno len but len len was very encouraging with saying here are the things that you need to do like look right at me while i'm speaking like i'm gonna i'm gonna give you exactly what you need to do to improve and he was just a very teacher mode was very encouraging and my favorite thing (laughs) is that Hearing Len just call him P, P, make sure you do this, P, like, it touched my soul. I left my body and just entered Nirvana. I did not like, though, that Len said that they needed to rehearse more. One of the judges said that, and I Mm -hmm. was very upset with that. That wasn't fair. I think Len said that, and I hear you, I... Because obviously they didn't have a lot of time with them exactly. that week. Exactly, so that's but, not fair to say. But I think the intention was, you knew focus. you had a week. It maybe needed more focus if you had had, even if like, okay, I'm busy and yes, but I'm going to find time in my downtime to practice or do this and just kind of find that drive. And I think mm-hmm. that's more of what Len was saying of you need to find, because how many packages have we gotten in Dancing with the Stars over the year of, oh, I'm on tour right now. So my partner has flown to me. We're literally like in a backstage space right now practicing because mm-hmm. I have half an hour and that's all I have. Mm-hmm. And P clearly doesn't have that same level of drive for that's better fair. or for worse. That's fair. So I, I both agree. I thought the comment was unfair but I understood the point. Mm-hmm. That is fair. I I understand your point when you say it like that. I'm just here to defend the judges at all times. I will take the arrows. So Master P gets a score of 12. He gets three fours. Was it overscored? <laughs> Because sympathetically, yes, a four, I'm like, you know what, good for him. Yes. But I can't necessarily, in good faith, give it a four. But if I were tasked with doing something, I'd probably end up giving it a four. Yeah, yeah. Moving right along to somebody I'm sure we'll have equal amount of thoughts on. Uh, It is Giselle and Jonathan. Giselle Fernandez. She was, she was fine. 
Um, I think that she is excited to be there. I appreciated her talking about, you know, how her dad was a ball, I, ballroom dancer or I was think he so. just a dancer? It sounded like ballroom. I think ballroom. Um, and it was it was very nice to see, you know, that. And I loved how she <laughs> talked about like she took one lesson with her dad, and her dad was like, "No, get out! Like you're you're not good," <laughs> you know. And so it was it was a very sweet package. Um, and and I'm I like her. I think it's fun seeing a very different type of personality on Dancing with the Stars. Tom makes a joke about how they made a call to a newsroom which was something they had not done before and so in that way it's fun to see i think she comes across as very normal as very subdued in sort of a way like kelly monaco Mm -hmm. but kelly again had a certain like she's gonna flaunt her sex appeal in a way that Giselle isn't, because again, very normal newscaster. So she didn't really pop for me in this episode. And I was like, you know what? Good for you. I'm glad her dance w- scored very highly. But I just kind of left being like, okay, I'm going to forget about this within a few minutes. And I did. That's kind of how I was too. I think that she brings a a class and an elegance and maybe a bit of a sophistication. Mm -hmm. And I think that that serves a good purpose on the show. I don't think you're going to win with a personality like that because Kelly also had a little bit of that bubbliness that came Mm -hmm. with her. And there wasn't a lot of bubble from, um, from Giselle, but I think that she was fine. And I, I, she's excited to be there and she wants to be there and so then that makes me enjoy her more oh obviously obviously i love that Mm -hmm. i just think especially if you look at the cast of this season and it's a fairly big personality cast i'm just afraid she's gonna get lost like in this episode she kind of was my main takeaway was I liked that her dress reminded me of like a Ginger Rogers costume. I wrote down that her dress moved beautifully. It was gorgeous. But it's like you said, it was sophistication. It was class, not necessarily big and memorable and jump off the screen. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's a place for that in a season where you're getting lots of humor and giant personalities and, and these things. I just don't necessarily need it. Yeah. It scores a 23. She gets a seven and two eights. And I was fine with that score. Who were we talking about? Tia. <laughs> Tia and Max. <laughs> um, and then after Giselle, we He's a big personality. A big personality in Jerry Rice and, and the oh Trey Boone herself. Wow. What an introduction to Anna. Oh, in this episode, they pronounced it Anna every time. And I thought it was Anna. I did too. Are we wrong? No, we're never wrong. 
So Anna Trabunskaya is a queen. She is the moment. She is an icon. She is the mother I never had. The sister everybody wants. <laughs> the friend America deserves. I love that she says um, she's Russian. You either do it or you die. <laughs> I just, that that is her. That is her 100%. And her talking about sports and talking about not knowing football and really yes. only knowing hockey. Like, she was like, hockey? Oh, God, what was the other one? She says two, like, maybe hockey, maybe soccer. And then she was like, and like, volleyball like she throws volleyball in there as the third one I it was okay it was kind of sad watching their package a little bit because he says that she is like tearing him down in in a good way like not that she's like mean or whatever I mean she is a little bit mean to him but like she he says that like she's tearing him down in order to create this beautiful dancer and that he hopes that she's able to to build him up and like that just was kind of sad to me I did not read that as sad at all because she she was just employing a coaching strategy and he was saying it that Yes, there is a certain amount of harshness and tearing down to build up, mm -hmm. but it is being built in the process of saying, nope, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. I didn't see it as sad, as all, sad at all. In fact, I thought their package was fun and funny and like light. And maybe, yes, maybe they were making a joke of her being mean to him. And we think that's funny because here's this big man and this little firecracker redhead Russian being like, wrong wrong do better but it was funny sure she lights up the screen she is the moment she is who everyone wishes they could be i absolutely he loved when they're talking about like coaches and he i don't remember exactly what he says but she's like yeah that's what coaches do do they give you cookies no i was like yes yes oh i just thought that was so sad no it was sad listening to him <laughs> chris it was i, I, I thought it was sad her. because he deserved cookies absolutely Jerry Rice, I will send you some cookies that Anna should have given you back in 2006. <laughs> no, I thought they immediately had a certain chemistry. She was just on fire. And you know what made her look even more on fire? Orange and gold fringe. A dress that barely covered her bottom. The fringe did enough coverage. The fringe was unbelievable. That was, I think, maybe my favorite fringe dance, my my favorite fringe dress on the show. Mm -hmm. Easily. Because that was it. The way it moved, the way it, I mean, it was gorgeous on her. And it will be gorgeous on me at my wedding. <laughs> The exact dress or a replica? The exact dress. All right, we'll get right on that. 
We'll talk to the costuming department. I mean, I wasn't not watching him, but I could not take my eyes off of her. Mm-hmm. Their dance was fun. I liked their dance. I think that I think that Drew executed better than Jerry did. I think that Drew performed better than Jerry did, but I think I liked their dance just as much but like it's definitely Anna like you're watching Mm -hmm. her a little bit more but like he had a moment where he was like moving his hips kind of the spotlight was on him and I was blown away but like he didn't have great hip action from beginning to end there was just one specific hip action moment Mm -hmm. where I was like oh my god okay okay like I I really enjoyed their dance I was I was fine with it. I I wasn't necessarily blown away. I, I did have to watch it a second time because I only watched her. Mm-hmm. I know I just said, I wasn't not watching him. It took me a second time to watch him. <laughs> but so, so he was fine. I wasn't blown away, but he was having fun. He enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But she just chef's kiss. Mm. Mm. She is the human personification of Chef's Kiss. They got straight sevens. And most notably, Len Goodman giving his seven was the the beginnings. It was a hint toward a jaunty seven. It, mm-hmm. it, it was sort of a subdued seven mm-hmm. instead of a jaunty seven. But you know what? We will take it. We will hold it in our hearts and appreciate the moment. I started to write down it was the first jaunty seven, but it but it wasn't. It wasn't quite it was the ground, it was the foundation. Mm-hmm. Not jaunty enough. No. But so, I agreed with the score of 21. I thought it was fine. To Len's jaunty seven, I give a subdued seven. I give a petty six. Better than a Master P4. The final couple up for the night was Tatum O'Neill and Nick Kosovich in his first of two seasons on Dancing with the Stars. So when they showed couples backstage... I thought to myself, I didn't know one of the Backstreet Boys was on this season. (laughs) And I stand by that. I think he looks like one of the Backstreet Boys. I don't know the Backstreet Boys well enough to even begin to guess. He looks like the tall one with the, with the, um, like, goatee type thing. Girl, I was an NSYNC kid. Uh, they... Dance to Waltz to What the World Needs Now. Tatum looked incredibly classy in a black dress with some green accents. Just a really lovely dress. The dance was fine. I guess they gave her the pimp spot because she's an Oscar winner, but Mm -hmm. it was a very low-key sort of dance, and I wished there had been more emotion. She... I didn't have strong feelings about her. It felt interesting that she was the final dance of the night. Um, She calls herself childlike. Um, 
she talked about how turns are really hard for her. It was it was just an odd introduction to her. I wasn't blown away. Um, I thought that she was very fluid and pretty in her dance. I thought that she danced it fine, but um, it was kind of dead faced, mm-hmm. and I didn't necessarily. I wasn't blown away by it. It was a fine waltz. It wasn't maybe necessarily the way I would have liked to end the night, but it was fine. And I agree, it needed more emotion, mm-hmm. and yet it tied for the highest waltz of the night in terms of scores, which felt not correct. Mm-hmm. It got a 23, um, a 7 from Carrie Ann, and 8s from the boys. But what's interesting is that the highest, the two highest scoring waltzes are the two that we felt the most lackluster about. Mm -hmm. It was Giselle and Jonathan, and then Tatum and Nick. And both of those were fine, but they didn't leave me walking away going oh my god those were gorgeous right whereas stacy tia and lisa Lisa all kind of crammed up in the middle and they they came away with dances that i loved Mm -hmm. and the judges scored them fine were the judges wrong tonight chris the judges are never wrong let me stand in front of them Shoot that arrow, girl. So it brings us to the last couple that we're going to discuss today. Are you are you not going to show me a picture of the Backstreet Boy? I texted it to you. Oh. Which one does he look like? The tall one. The tall one with black hair. I don't see the connection. Next week I'll make a side-by-side and I'll text it to you and then you'll see it. Does the tall Backstreet Boy ever do a goatee? Yes. Then why didn't you give me a picture of the tall Backstreet Boy with the goatee? Because I just did it really fast because we're filming a podcast. This is an audio medium. (laughs) Okay. Katie has now sent me one of him with a goatee. This time I see it. (laughs) Do you know which, what the name of this Backstreet Boy is? (laughs) that's why in my notes i wrote down nick looks like backstreet boy dude how do you know what the backstreet boys look like and not their names because i wasn't that big of a fan were you an insync child i i listened to them both i don't think i was particular particularly one over the other Although I say this, and I'm not sure I can name all the the members of NSYNC. No, I don't think I can either. JT, Lance. JC. Wait, I think AJ's a Backstreet Boy. JC, Chavez. Sure. Uh, Did you already say Joey Fatone? No, Joey. Okay, Joey Fatone. (laughs) The other one. There we go. We named them all. Brian? Or is that Backstreet Boys? Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> Drew Lachey? Mmm, that's it. Nick Carter. That's the fifth NSYNC member. Oh, Chris Kirkpatrick. 
How could we forget Chris Kirkpatrick's? That countertenor that he is. <laughs> and for for what it's worth, JC Shaze. Chavez. <laughs> he is not related to Caesar. We are going to get used to seeing some in sync members on Dancing with the Stars very soon. Mm-hmm. But pin in that one. We got to talk about the last contestant of season two, the first one out Kenny Maine and his partner, Andrea. Kenny Maine of ESPN fame. Sports Center's Kenny Maine. Mm hmm. Katie, Kenny is one of the iconic alumnus of Dancing with the Stars, the person who maybe has appeared most on the show after elimination. How did you feel about his auspicious debut and farewell? It is so bonkers that he is the one who makes the most appearances because I do think he wanted to be there. I just... Like, he kept talking about how he's, you know, the class clown and, you know, he is, I don't know. He he didn't buy into it when they were rehearsing. You thought he bought into it? He didn't not buy in. Like, sure, he was being silly and things, but I think he was trying. I don't know that he was. And so it's interesting to me that he goes on to create Dance Center and that he appears as much as he does because I I think he wanted to be there but like you could just tell like when she's when she's with him and things she literally is like do you see how when you're not like when you go goofy how you lose all of your technique and you lose all of this and like I don't know I just didn't I I'm I'm surprised he becomes what he becomes on this show I just think that's his persona. He is kind of the smart ash, the one doing wisecracks, the one making jokes, even if he's not the best, that's what he's going to do. And he's going to give the persona of, I'm not really trying that hard. I'm, I don't really care. I'm here to make jokes and take names. But I think he was trying. It didn't necessarily come across in the dance Mm -hmm. but i think he was he was doing his best and he was having fun while doing it i can't say he was scored harshly because he was kind of scored correctly Mm -hmm. but i think it's a shame that he only got one dance yes especially considering i think it was len said that he would probably be better at ballroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought the dance itself, I mean, it wasn't great, obviously. It scored a 13. He was stiff and he seemed nervous. But it was it wasn't horrible either. I didn't hate it, you know, but yeah. it was it was a fine dance. And I literally wrote, um, it wasn't great. I'm curious how he sticks around to create dan- dance center. And then Len defended him, Mm -hmm. which was nice. Yeah. Well, Kenny clearly is not a natural dancer. No. But he, like we said with Master P, he was doing the moves. He was doing Mm -hmm. the basic steps. He was having 
he was clearly having fun in this dance. Mm -hmm. In terms of execution in style and cha-cha, he was not hot stuff, unlike no. the song. But he was he was having fun. He was doing the best that he could. Mm -hmm. I thought Len defending him against Bruno was very good because Bruno was doing like a TV judge bit. He called him Pinocchio, was making uh, Joan Crawford jokes about Christina, bring me the axe. He was doing what you would expect TV judges, especially in like the mid 2000s, where we're going a little louder, a little trashier, would do. And Len stood up for him, said that was unfair, saying he was trying. How dare you get to just like make a joke at this guy's expense who tried his best for you. Mm -hmm. The show maybe takes more of Bruno's approach than it does Len's over time. But I thought it was nice to see. And maybe that's how Kenny and Len developed such a friendship that they appeared on Dance Center together. It was a fun... I had I had never thought about it from this angle before. Andrea talks about how he needs to learn how to tell a story with his body and how the, you know, the the singers and the actors and they know how to do that, how to tell a story with his body, but how Kenny did not. And I've never really thought about how much that really does play into the show. The athletes you tend to get well they're in shape, so the uh actual dances the stamina things not necessarily a worry or shouldn't be mm -hmm. as big a worry uh, they have control over their bodies mm -hmm. the actors tend to understand how to use your face use physicality the musicians singers tend to know okay i know how to interpret the music mm -hmm. to do that then you have people like giselle you have people like kenny where this is not anything like what they do mm -hmm. some people it works for some people it's kenny <laughs> i'm i'm bummed we didn't get to see more from him i'm bummed that we didn't get to see him do a, a ballroom dance but i was also fine to lose him mm -hmm. i guess the the main reason to be happy to lose him is that I think him going first is part of why Dance Center became a thing, because it makes it more fun that he was eliminated first and appears for years on after the show uh, doing Dance Center once a season. Mm -hmm. Just a true delight. Bring back Dance Center, you cowards. When we are producing season 30 of Dancing with the Stars. We will have Dance Center every week. <laughs> I suppose on our version of Dance Center, it's Kenny and Len and Jerry and Tom Bergeron? No. Oh, that's right. Tom will be too busy hosting again. Mm-hmm. You don't slap Tom in the face and put him on Dance Center. Tom gets the show where he walks. Absolutely. Tom gets the show or we walk as producers of the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, why not go from Tyra to us? Very comparable. Yeah. 
Kenny was in the bottom two with Tia, which means it's a surprise that P was not in the bottom. Do I want to rephrase that? No. <laughs> well, Kenny, we hardly knew ye, but we will know ye on Dance Center. So prepare that glitter, prepare the face jewels. We are ready for them. Well, Chris, I suppose that brings us to the end of our season two premiere podcast episode. It was a ride. I'm sure we will have many thoughts for next week when we are potentially going to do two episodes of the show. Fingers crossed, everybody following along. It's a real cliffhanger for all involved, including the makers of this show. So if you're enjoying this podcast, if you've been listening along for a while now, give us a like. Maybe subscribe to us. If you want to leave a constructive criticism comment, feel free to do so. If you hate it, don't tell us. But please make sure to acknowledge that we're trying. Be like Len. Len, if you're listening, please respond to my email. <laughs> to come on the show, you coward. <laughs> Katie, you can't call him a coward or he'll give us a petty six in response. I would take a petty six if it meant getting a response from Len. I would take a Master P4 from Len. <laughs> if it meant I got a response from Len. And if you feel like it, share this with all your friends. We like more people. Well, we like more listeners. <laughs> so Chris, I hear you and I see you. I love you and I like you. And please, remember to stay tuned for the new episode of Crumbs coming up next. <laughs> <laughs>